Coming up, we're going to be continuing our series of Nick in the 90s, and today we're going to be talking our, about our favorite live action shows of the 90s on Nickelodeon in this episode of Diz Pop. Dizpop is brought to you by Dreams Unlimited Travel, experts at helping you plan the perfect vacation. Visit them on the web at dreamsunlimitedtravel.com. Well, hello, everybody. I am your host, Rhino Clavin, back from my European escapades. Uh, and I am joined this week by my co-host, Craig Williams. Ahoy, hoy. Yes. So uh, um, I have returned. It's For you guys, it's felt like no time has passed because we recorded those episodes two or three weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Our Nick, our Nicktoons and our Nickelodeon and why we love it. And we're going to continue beating that dead horse for two more weeks. This week, it's, Dis- uh, it's uh, not Disney, excuse me, Nickelodeon live action shows in the 90s. And then next week, we're going to do variety shows and game shows. This this one's a massive one. Um, a lot of nostalgia here. Um, some good, obviously. We're going to talk about all of your favorites. Um, unfortunately, we're probably going to also mention some of the ones that um, I'd rather forget. I'm talking about you, Cousin Skeeter. That was such a <laughs> stupid idea for a TV show. That a puppet. Well, they never even ag- they never even acknowledge that he's a puppet ever either. He's just a person. I know. I just I can't. I can't. But hey. Well, before we get too far into it, I just I wouldn't really forgive myself if I didn't mention this on the show. This doesn't really have anything to do with this or anything like that, but I just I've been thinking a lot lately. You know, I got back and I wasn't really connected too much to the world because you rely on Wi-Fi and stuff like that and you get back. And I've just been thinking lately, you know, it seems like hate is just boiling up everywhere in the world right now. Like if 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 this were New York City, we'd be drowning in pink slime. If this were Ghostbusters too, I mean, <laughs> sorry. Um, and I, you know, I, I'm, unfortunately, this last weekend, that 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 uh, that uh, girl, the the young girl, Heather Hayer, lost her uh, life, the 32 year old, and it kind of, you know, resonated with me in a way. Like, it's not this isn't a political statement or anything like that. I'm just saying that this girl, you know, she died doing what she believed in, and I, you know, and that should inspire people. And I'm just thinking, like, it feels really dark a lot lately, and. Um, so I'm just gonna I'm gonna put out a challenge out there for people, um, you know, us included, is that maybe just once a week, or if you can even do it once a day, I would challenge you to do something nice for somebody else. You know, um, whether that's like a monetary thing, you know, buy somebody's coffee behind you in line, surprise them, hold the door for somebody, you know, just use a, maybe use please and thank you a little bit more in your day, something just little. You know, and I I would say, like, just kind of, you can share that with me, uh, with us, um, through any means you want, through the email, through the Twitter, through whatever, uh, because I'd I'd like to start hearing about more good stuff in the world, you know? This is a great time to be alive. Yeah. DuckTales is back on TV. Right. There's golden, there's, there's, (laughs) like, Scrooge McDuck has risen. Like they, a phoenix. They are celebrating the twentieth, the twenty fifth anniversary of SNCC all throughout August, showing the SNCC blocks yeah. on Saturday nights starting at midnight till two AM. There is so much good happening right now. Yeah. It's it's easy to focus on the bad, but so let's, hopefully let's turn we that can around focus on the good. Yeah, exactly. So I'm just saying, like, you know, I don't I don't want to pretend I don't want you guys to think we live in an imaginary world forever and always. Like we do we obviously do. We love this stuff so you know we i 
I uh, appreciate all the comments I get about people who come and meet us and they say this made our day and stuff like that. And that means a lot. And I just want to say, you know, push, pay that forward. Push that out there for somebody else. Um, that being said, Cousin Skeeter is still a bad show. Um, <laughs> yes, yes. He's yeah. a puppet. Yeah. Well, that, you know, with all that, with all that out of the way, um, you know, um, let's talk about the things we love from our childhood and the 90s yes. and inspired us to be the horrible people we are today. Um, so um, I'm going to break this up into two sections. We're going to do live action comedy and then live action drama. Mm. Okay. So um, it's it all starts back with, and this is my earliest memories of Nickelodeon, and really it should be anybody's because this is around the beginning of Nickelodeon, was The Adventures of Pete and Pete which I was a big fan of this. It lasted for three seasons with a total of 34 episodes, five specials, and from what I'm gathering, 24 shorts. Mm-hmm. Um, the one-minute shorts, in, which, which I, I didn't know this, the shorts came first, and they were one minute, and they began in 1989. They aired until 1990. Then um, Nick realized they were kind of a hit, packaged some stuff together, did a f- uh, five half-hour specials between 1991 and 1993. And then the first season of Pete and Pete actually as a show started in November of 1993 and ran until December of 1996. Hmm. Um, Pete and Pete, for those of you who don't know what it is, it's set in a town of Wellsville, which is actually believed to be uh, in part of New York. Um, it follows the adventures of Pete and Pete. Brothers with the same name on um, their sort of humorous and surreal adventures. Um, uh, their last name is Wrigley. I'm sorry, Pete Wrigley. Um, and it's just kind of it's it's a show filled with very uh, very interesting characters, very eccentric people. Um, the the family is kind of crazy. So the, Pete was Danny T- uh, Tamborelli, who is uh, if there was so we have Disney legends. If there were Nickelodeon legends, Danny Tamborelli, I feel like, would be one of the first people to receive this award because he does have quite the history with the network, and he's essentially, I feel like, was the orange blood that ran through Nickelodeon for well, quite some time. Yeah, of course. He went on after this, and he was on uh, All That, mm-hmm. and uh, no, definitely... He was in another show, too. What was the other show? Um... I, it's. I'm going to talk about it later. I wrote it in my notes, but I didn't write it out in a way where I can just read it right now. But okay, that's m- fine. But I, I do want to point out too, though. Maybe it was space cases. I don't know. The or one of the reasons why I love Danny Tamborelli is he was in the original Emilio Estevez classic. That's right, <gasps> the Mighty Ducks. Oh yeah, he was. He, uh, he did not return for the sequel. He actually he was injured in the first one and. Um, oh, that's yeah, too just bad. good, good little. Not like he was injured during the filming. His character in the in the movie was injured, and he didn't come back for it. But um, wait, the character was injured? Yeah, yeah, in the in the movie. Yeah, they took him out on a stretcher in like the final game. He, he was like the jerk who didn't like the rich kid, right? No, 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 no. no. Is that the first one or no. is that the second one? I'm thinking of when he calls him a cake eater. Well, that's uh, yeah. They there is that, but no, he's just he's just bad. He, was he a bad guy in the movie? Or no, no, he's Dutch, just right? he's he not good. he's not a good hockey player. I believe, if I remember correctly, his sister was the figure skater. Oh they were yeah, both yeah, yeah. That's right. That's right. And only she ended up making it through. That's right. To the next movie. Oh God, I love that movie. Um, I don't even think she made it through the next one, but yeah, he also is in that. So he's that, that he movie did, gave us Joshua Jackson. Both. Yeah. Yeah. Give us the Joshua Jackson. And that's what we call a tangent. <laughs> no, well, um, it, it, it's 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 funny because when, before Internet Movie Database was a thing, like that wasn't a thing for us until we were probably like, well, I don't know, 
my 20s maybe um you you had you i was always that guy who you're watching a movie like um you know like home alone and you'd be like this guy looks familiar and then you'd be like oh that's the brother from pete and pete yep you know like you had you were always that one who knew the side character from something so mike morona morona is that Mm -hmm. how we say he was from uh he was from pete and pete um uh i mean he was he was a Kevin's brother. We looked this up. One of his brothers yes. in uh, Home Alone. His oldest brother, I believe, if I remember I think correctly. He was the second, second oldest. Um, Jeff McAllister, because then we looked it up, and that's apparently a CEO of a company somewhere too. But so you got to make sure you type in Home Alone. But I was, I was always a big fan of uh, Adventures of Pete and Pete. I don't know if you remember, but Michelle Trachtenberg, she was on the show for uh, mm-hmm. some time too. The Harriet the Spy, who also starred in Nickelodeon's first feature film. Yeah, I, I feel like a lot of the reason why people attached onto this show and also didn't appreciate it that much was for the uh, eccentricness that you said like um you know we we won't you, you can't ever forget about kind of like the opening intros and they go through the list of characters which does include mm-hmm. um which includes um little pete's tattoo petunia on there yes mom's mom mm-hmm. and then mom's metal plate that's yeah. in her head she could hear um, the police sirens whenever you know, <laughs> yeah. right. um the uh, Artie, the strongest man in the, the world, who was just just so weird, and like I'll never forget the episode where they're just like all mesmerized by watching the next door neighbors, um, her lower arm fat just jiggling as she's gardening <laughs> in the yard, and so there was just this weirdness to it. But if you watch it back now, it's actually it's really well done. It's done not in like you know we'll talk about Clarissa very soon, but mm-hmm. that was more standard like. You know, it, it was like three camera shoot, kind of very plain, right on videotape. While this was this way, it had a cinematic effect to yeah. it, kind of like, kind of like watching the Wonder Years. It was almost like yeah, a goofier, yeah. eccentric, uh, more kid friendly Wonder Years. It's it's around that time too, where like there were a couple of these, like this specifically, like Pete and Pete, not just Nickelodeon TV shows that had this really interesting niche for a very specific type yeah. of people. Um, Erie, Indiana. Do you remember that show? I do. Yeah. yeah. This, this reminds me like Erie, Indiana was our X-Files version. And then this would be like our kind of like wonder years yep. version for us. Like, um, in that age group, uh, I, my episode that I always think of when I think of the show, and I don't know if you're how familiar you remember it or not the laser, not laser tag, the tag episode, yeah, freeze tag, yeah. freeze tag, right? Yeah. Something like that. They're all running around, and I remember the mom, like, finally, like, she threatens Pete, like, he's got to clean the room, but he can't give up on this tag name they're playing. And then in the end, she he goes to pass out because he's been out there for so long, and she rescues him and grabs him. And, and you talk about cinematic, it was like slow motion oh, yeah. grab and everything. It was very, very intense show, but, um, you know... We, we should have spoke about it for a hot second before because you said it while I was saying my be nice to everybody thing. You can catch these shows currently airing yeah. right now, celebrating the 25th anniversary. On Is it on Nick at Night, on Nickelodeon? Excuse me. Uh, no, on Teen Nick. Of course, every night on Teen Nick at some point in time. I, can't, I don't remember if it's like 10 o'clock or if it's midnight. It, of course, rolls over into the splat. So they do a mixture of Nicktoons and animated um, ones too. But yeah, as I mentioned... Right now, for August, this is the 25th anniversary of SNCC. So they are, on Saturday nights, they're running two-hour blocks, just like SNCC would be, starting at midnight. And even doing, like, the intro with like, SNCC with Sabrina's the couch. brother, Ferguson. Oh, yeah. yeah, the couch. But then, like, her brother would came out and was like, I'm Ferguson. You know, like, yeah. the character interludes they would have between Exactly. Yeah. And, like, they had it for... The first one that they did was... Um, 
uh, Clarissa, Pete and Pete, Are You Afraid of the Dark, and then Ren and Stimpy, uh-huh. which I thought... It's for four, right there. yeah. It's for four shows to represent Snick. Yeah, maybe a little bit of all that too. But it was it was such a good a good block. And so yeah, there's I, I know there's not that many left once this will be released, but there's still time to go back and see it. So there's still time to request it. it. Re- request it. Yeah. Request it too. But. Yep. Well, anything else to say about Pete and Peach? We I, move on. Yeah, but let's move on. It's let's a great show. Move on to Hey, dude. Which I guess I should have started with, because this one's... Uh, or no, I'm sorry. Well, technically, they were around the same time. So, Hey Dude, five seasons, 65 episodes, from July 1989 until 1991. And all I could think is, what were the labor laws like in the early 90s? Because they're saying five seasons from 1989 until 1991. The they math is not adding up there. Yeah. <laughs> like, but but um, this is Nickelodeon's second original television show um, behind uh, 1984's Out of Control. That was the first one. I, I didn't look that up really any more than that. But um, the series was set in the fictional, uh, fictional Bar Nun Dude Ranch near the city of Tucson, Arizona. And it portrayed the lives of the ranch owner, his son, a female ranch hand, and four teenage summer employees. And uh, one of my things that I remember very much from the show are two individuals that were on it, very specifically Christine Taylor, who starred as yeah. Melody Hansen, and David Lasher as Ted McGriff, uh, because he went on to be Josh on Sabrina, and he caused a lot of trouble for Harvey and Sabrina's relationship. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm I'm all Christine Taylor on this. Obviously, uh, Christine Taylor went on to uh, appear in uh, stuff like Dodgeball. She was Marsha in the Brady Bunch. Oh, uh, as Marsha. Then you know, but Jan, she, you don't have any friends. I, I just watched like the last hour of it oh, over the weekend that movie on is TV. Gold. It is it is so good. Yeah, it, it's Everyone like I don't so even think we it. appreciated that movie as much as we should have when it originally oh, came out. No, and I, I'm just glad that we got a sequel with it too. So that way we the have Hawaiian. more adventures. Yeah. 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 <laughs> no, but um exactly. So she and then of course she married Ben Stiller. They're no longer together. Uh sadly as of this year, but yeah. um it, yeah, no, just a, a huge star came from this show. And I, I remember watching this all the time, but this was you know, this was still early for me. Um I was I was very young when this debuted and when it was on its initial run. Yeah, it, it replayed all the time in um in in repeats, but again, this was this was an older group of of teens. So this yeah. wasn't is this wasn't as much for me. So while I still have fond memories of watching it, it just it what I will not say that this is my favorite of the show. No, 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 no. And I don't remember it necessarily cycling through as much as the other ones yeah. for me. Like um, I do remember it being on, and it never really being offensive or anything like that. And I yeah. did always actually really uh, Christine Taylor's character Melody was my favorite character oh, on yeah. the show. So it was like I do remember that. Like I remember it a little bit, but it was just it wasn't one that stuck around quite so much. Um, like this next one too that I I couldn't even remember called Welcome Freshman. Yeah, I don't know if you'd ever heard of it. Uh, I had to look it up and everything. So it was—it's the comedy, like I said, that ran on Nickelodeon from 1991 to 1993, with reruns until 1996. It had three seasons with 52 episodes, so it wasn't like a short-lived show either. Um, but it took place at Hathorne High School with a group of high school students and a bumbling vice principal. It sounds very like the answer to "Say by the Bell." Mm-hmm. Um, but what I thought was cool is like this was one of the first filmed at Orlando. Oh well, I yeah, filmed I in Nickelodeon just, Studios in Orlando, Florida. Yeah, I just 
genuinely, I have no recollection of this. Well, I it, was it in repeats a lot? Did they show it? It says it says reruns until '96. It says um, it says the earlier episodes of the series consisted of comedy sketches that loosely followed a theme. Some of the comedy routines involved a tortoise named Mortis um, teaching children about safety. A document named Mr. History, who talks about past generations of freshmen, the bumbling freshman-hating vice principal, Mr. Lippman, um, imagining his life as standard. Like, none of this really rings yeah. a bell to me. So it really wasn't, like, it wasn't in that... It didn't hit a sweet spot anywhere in there for me. So I'll just I, move past it. Like, yep. um, because I, I was... To um, one of my favorites, though, here is coming up next. Clarissa Explains It All. Yeah. Um, this went on for five seasons. There were 65 episodes. It aired from March 1991 until October 1994. Um, and if you're not familiar, in the series, Clarissa Darling, played by one Miss Melissa Joan Hart, my teenage heartthrob. MJH. Yeah. It was Melissa Joan Hart and Amy Jo Johnson. But even when I'm Amy Jo Johnson, I knew something was, something wasn't true within my heart for her. But, um... But anyway, um, uh, Clarissa is a teenager who addresses the audience directly to describe the things that are happening in her life, like um, dealing with typical adolescence concerns as a school boy's pimples and wearing her first training bra. She's often annoyed by her younger brother, Ferguson. Um, she's got her best friend, Sam, that's always climbing up into her bedroom through a ladder and a window. Shady. Yeah. But um, Clarissa was very unique in like it 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 broke that fourth wall so she yeah. was always addressing the audience. I remember there was always a video game kind of element of the story because she always had a computer and she or I don't know if it was a computer but it was a video game that she played that kind of played out it was like her in the game and it yeah. kind of played out the metaphor of whatever the situation was that she was dealing with. Um but this was a show that I I just really I really enjoyed it. I think it was just one of those like it had it was like Boy Meets World in a sense where it had good personalities and oh, yeah. just in that right in that I mean she was older than us so I didn't really understand the issue she was dealing yeah. with but I would say this this show in particular paved the way for um later for Disney to do stuff like Lizzie McGuire mm-hmm. and uh Hannah Montana that kind of you know the that young that young female character that still has a lot of a lot of power and a lot of um a lot of smarts to her and she navigates the world. Um, there, there's a lot of good in Clarissa Explains It All. And I do like, I enjoy about it too. It also does have a slight zaniness to it. Kind yeah. of. Not not weird like Pete and Pete. But Pete like an Pete. energy. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. No, it's it's just a little, a little off kilter is the best way to describe it. So, um, while, but this is one that I feel, <laughs> I feel like watching it back while you do have fond memories for it. It's a little tough to watch it back. It's you build. It, it just doesn't live up to that excitement yeah. of watching it when you were that age. I did. I did all the thing I always loved watching, and I don't know why, was when she would do the opening and she would spell yeah. out the name with her finger. I always thought that was so cool, and, and then spin it around. Yeah, because she'd have to keep starting it, over yeah. and writing it. And that was na 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 na. Um, but so some fun little things here in 2015, um, Mitchell. Kriegman, the show's creator, released a novel called Things I Can't Explain, and it serves as a sequel to the series, and it's in the novel Clarissa is now in her late 20s and trying to navigate life as an adult. Hmm. I want to know what happened to her and Sam, so I might have to read this book. I'm serious. Um, So that's called Things I Can't Explain. Um, There was also a pilot uh, pilot for a follow-up series 
um, just called Clarissa that was shot for CBS in 1995 but was not picked up by the network, unfortunately. Yes, and then she discovered she was a witch. Yes. And I know that's not on the show, so we'll get to that. We'll have to get we'll have to do a TGIF episode now. Oh, TGIF. Oh, oh yeah. Oh yeah, that's going to be okay. So now we know the follow-up series to this is TGIF because oh yeah, because uh, I was obsessed with Sabrina. Um, oh, and that's not even good TGIF. So no. you're a step-by-step man. Oh, day by day. <laughs> um, but yeah, I I I just I had a love. I I feel like Melissa Joan Hart was a friend of mine growing up. I know that sounds really weird, but. Because of Clarissa and then Sabrina and then like she was in some movies I enjoyed, you know, uh, uh, Drive Me Crazy. It was a terrible movie, but I love it. Um, Came out. I was just the right age to enjoy that, you know. Adrian Grenier. Yes, Adrian Grenier before pre-Entourage. Entourage. Entourage. Um, And I I just – there was a girl in my church that looked exactly like Melissa Joan Hart and I used to just follow her around because she looked I thought she was Sabrina so I'm like you um, were the Sam to her Clarissa yeah because I should say Sabrina wasn't on you I was too young for that but but anyway so I I, who I feel like Melissa Joan Hart is an American treasure so I never watched that Joey show she was on though with whoa Melissa and Joey yeah whoa but anyway so that moves into another one of ours that I I actually thought was Maybe on longer than it was. So this surprised me. Salute your shorts. This is the big one that I think about when I think about oh, yeah. Nickelodeon. Like there were only two seasons, twenty six episodes, and it ran from ninety one to ninety two. Um, I didn't know this, but it was based on a book too called "Salute Your Shorts: Life at Summer Camp" by Steve Slavkin and Thomas Hill. Uh, it was set at the summer camp Camp Onawana. We hold, we hold you, you in, in our hearts. hearts. Uh, it focuses on teenage campers, their strict and bossy counselor, Ugg, um, and the various capers and – these are not my words – capers and jocularities. Jo- jocularities? Maybe it's a soft J. Um, they engage in. Um, but, you know, we all remember the character, like, Donkey Lips. Everybody yeah. remembers Donkey Lips. He always shocked with his, like, lisp, like – and then he went on to be in Dude, Where's My Car? Yep, that's – and so he did have a life beyond there. Well, but, so didn't um, Budnick. The friend, mm-hmm. Donkey Lips, is the other part because he was John Connor's friend in Terminator 2, Judgment yep. Day. Um, yeah, this show, I think this is actually one that, um, that while it wasn't great quality, I think this had a lot of staying power because of um, stuff like Donkey Lips and the interesting names for the characters. Mm-hmm. With, uh, it, But then, of course, moments like, no, no one from our generation will ever forget the awful waffle, unless you've forgotten what the awful waffle is. I have. What's the awful waffle? Oh, the awful waffle is essentially like a camp punishment, which includes being laid out on a table, having your shirt pulled up, oh, and then yeah. um, being barraged with maple syrup yeah. and and toppings, and it's just. Awful waffle, awful yeah, waffle. Yeah, yeah, now I remember. It, it, there's just so many little moments about this show that I, I feel like are just it's sticking. And then this was a perfect summer show. It was yeah. it's summer camp, and so you it, felt like, like you were like on you were hijinking, you know, with them. You yeah, know what I mean? I, the song was the song was so catchy that to this yeah. day we could probably do the whole thing. You know? Yeah. No, I I I'm right there too. It's and just, when we think about you, it makes me want. Hey, camp on a wanna wanna. Camp on a wanna Camp on a wanna wanna. It's hard. Um, Get it right or pay the price. Yeah, but um, yeah. No, I just I I never went to camp 
growing up. That wasn't something that I something did. I wanted to so do, though. I, I did <laughs> later on, but um, when I when I was watching this show, I never went to camp. So this was like this was kind of a way into it. Like, this was like this, this, this is awesome. I want to be doing this. I, I honestly I thought summer camp was a mixture of heavyweights and salute your shorts, <laughs> and that sounded like I thought salute your shorts dream. was like a sequel to that. Yeah. To, I'm sorry, heavyweights was a sequel to salute your shorts because salute <laughs> your shorts was first. Um, do you have an episode that you specifically remember? Because I do. Awful waffle episode for me. Okay, so mine is there's a radio station contest, and they're not allowed to use the phone or leave their bunks or something like that, and they need a quarter. Uh, so they only have like one quarter left. They're trying to – I forget what they're trying to win something, but the quarter falls into this grate, and so they all have to chew all this gum, and they make yeah. this thing where they're trying to get the quarter out. They get the quarter out, and they, they go to call – Something happens, and then Ugg finds them, and then later they're they're on the phone, and they don't know the answer to the question. And this is why I know a giraffe's tongue is black, because they didn't know. Ugg runs in, and you think he's going to bust them, and he's got the speaker, and he's like, and I used to sit at a park bench when I was a kid and watch the giraffe's big black tongue. And I <laughs> like it always stuck with me. So that became a trivia question later in life. I got right because of that show. So. There you go. Anyway, that's that's my episode. But yeah, the next one of these shows was a show I did start watching, but I never finished. Um, the Secret World of Alex Mack. Yeah, because it was part of that whole like, look at the special effects we can do now. It's kind of like Terminator. Um, ran from 1994 to 1998, four seasons, 78 episodes. Alex Mack is an ex- uh, an ordinary teenage girl um, and uh, living with her parents and older sister Annie in the town of Paradise Valley. While walking home one day after school, she's nearly hit by a truck from a chemical plant. During the incident, uh, she's drenched with a top-secret uh, top chemical that gives her strange powers like telekinesis, shooting electricity from her fingers, and the ability to dissolve into the puddle of water, which I remember that. Um the powers, I guess, proved to be unpredictable, blah, 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 blah. Anyway, there's a lot more. Um, but uh, I remember starting the show and being like, oh, I was really interested because it seemed like it was a conspiracy. Like, they had to figure out what was going on with this chemical plant and all this stuff. And I just – it was like I watched the first season and then it went away and then it, I guess I just never could get back to it because I know she got like a new power in the second season or something I, like that. I, I probably watched every single episode, but that was probably more or less because I had a crush on Larissa Olenek. But um, was that Alex, Alex Mack? Yeah, that oh. was. Uh, and then, of course, she went on to do things like Ten Things I Hate About You." Was she the sister? She was the the younger one. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. she is. Yeah. That's what I know her from. Yeah. No, I. I mean, so, she reminds me of Chloe from Smallville. I always thought they were the one and the same person. No. Now I so I pro I, I know I watched it wasn't a probably thing I watched this show but it it holds no you emotional value for me it's, you weren't invested in Jessica Alba being on the show no it's because she's on it I, she's a minor character I, I was more I would watch Clarissa I'd watch Salute Your Shorts Pete and Pete Hey dude this was like this was one where it's like when you started to get into the point where you know I, I think as a kid you watch a lot of TV and you just digest it all and. You know, for the most part, you just still sit through. But this was one of those ones, kind of like we talked about um, in the last episode with some of the Nicktoons that we didn't like as much. I, I feel like this was probably, in terms of a, a TV series, um, a, a live action one. This is one where I was like, eh, I don't think I don't know if this is for me as much. But 
It's on TV. I remember I'm still going to watch it anyways. It didn't repeat in the same way the other shows did. I never remember this one being on uh, like during the day. It was like a, an evening show or something. Uh, I remember it all the time, but I just, again, it never really, yeah. never really connected. I think it was because it was just, there was not a lot of reality grounded into it. Well, there is, the entire series is available and was just released august 1st of this month so it's out there if you want to do it um i do remember i mean i guess i worked at a bookstore too but i remember seeing it because i would always go and get my goosebump books but um there was a book series that went along with this that was all original adventures except for the first uh, book and the last book which were like versions of that show um which was very popular at the time i remember that being a big thing so there was that too so you may some of you out there may have read those books and really been into that but so the next one is another show i do not remember really at all um i looked it up and the picture did look vaguely familiar but it was only it was called my brother and me um it was only on for one season with 13 episodes that ran from october 94 until february of 95 um the show made history as the network's first show featuring a predominantly black cast um Mm -hmm. despite its popularity so i guess it was really popular when it premiered um the series only lasted for the 13 episodes and um Apparently, the show was actually canceled due to disagreements between the producers and the creators of the show. It didn't have anything to do with ratings because um, there was a second season that was planned. But apparently, the, uh, there was such a big rift between um, the two parties that uh, it caused a major fallout that essentially caused the show to just fall apart, mm-hmm. which is unfortunate. Um, for anybody out there that did watch, I, I, I it didn't. I, I Like I said, I didn't have cable, so it, I kind of relied on whatever was going to be on around SNCC or when I was at my grandparents' house. So I don't think it really repeat too much, so yeah, I, didn't, it, I didn't really get exposed to the show. It didn't. I remember it, but it's I, I couldn't tell you like the plot of a single episode yeah. at all. But I, I do remember it, just, just not well. So now this next one, though, I do remember... Um, I never got to watch this one as much as I wanted to watch this one. Um, Space Cases. Two seasons, 27 episodes, uh, created by Peter David and Bill Mummy, or Mummy, um, who you may or may not know as Will Robinson from the original Lost in Space television show. Um, this show ran from March 1996 to January of 1997. Um, the premise of the show revolves around a group of misfit students and two adults who are stranded far from home aboard an alien ship named Krista in honor of Krista McAuliffe. Um, their attempts at journeying back to see many dangerous, um, their attempts at journeying back see many dangerous adventures and controversies and some occasionally more mature themes. Um, so uh, what I was reading about this show, um, which one of the big deals for me as a kid on the show is that Zach had left Power Rangers. Walter um, Emmanuel Jones had left Power Rangers, and he was on Space Cases. And I was like, <laughs> what? They've got a Power Ranger? I'm going to watch this show. Um, also, I was really into space shows, too. Yeah. I was like Star Trek, and I actually watched Lost in Space, too. But um, So the series was shot in Canada, Montreal, Quebec. Um, but because of its budget constraints, a lot of props from Are You Afraid of the Dark yeah. And other shows would show up in the series. Um, Which it, that was, Are You Afraid of the Dark, was filmed in Canada. But what they would it, do, only the, the campfire scenes were filmed there. Then the rest of them were filmed anywhere else. But Well, well, 
Hold on, we'll get to it. We'll get to. I didn't know if you had that fun tidbit in there. I I didn't have that part, but I did have filming a filming related thing about Are You Afraid of the Dark? But that that is interesting. It is interesting too because a lot of stuff left where it was originally filmed to become to come film in Orlando, except for one show at the end. We're going to talk about did the reverse. It started in Orlando and had to leave to go somewhere else. (laughs) Uh, But this series had a lot of uh, a lot of people on it. uh, George Takei showed up. Mark Hamill, Bill Mooney, like I said, Katie Segal, Michelle Trachtenberg, Danny Tamborelli and Robin Leach even Mm. Um, but you know and then I said Walter Emanuel Jones was on it but that was it I I know you didn't really care for this episode this show I I mean I actually think that you know if I ever want to go down the nostalgia road that maybe I will uh, I'll give this one a shot if I can find a good amount of episodes out there for it because I think I would probably enjoy it more today than I did way back when but yeah, you know, I'm I'm always up to give it another shot. Well, we'll see if it comes in the rotation for the for the Nick th- that block, yeah. you know, area. There. I I mean, I I think it has before. I think I've seen it before during the late night block, but they've been so heavily focused with the splat hours doing a lot of the the Nicktoons and not so much the live action. That um, when you do get live action ones, it's it's a nice surprise. Um. Well, uh, so Space Cases will take us down to one of the ones that I did always enjoy, um, Keenan and Kel, which um, ran for four seasons with 65 episodes and one made-for-TV movie. It aired from 96 until uh, July of 2000. Um, obviously, the two I, – I believe they started on all that, uh, Keenan yes. Thompson and Kel um, – Mitchell. Uh, Mitchell. And uh, so this show, the first two seasons were shot in Orlando, and then the last two seasons were shot in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. So at both Coast to Coast Universal Studios theme parks. Um, the show was set in Chicago, Illinois, and centered on the antics of two mischievous teenagers, Keenan Rockmore and Kel Kimball. Keenan is a high school student with a job at a local grocery store, while Kel is clumsy, orange soda-loving best friend. Wait. I, I didn't finish my sentence there. Who but, uh, loves orange soda? Kel loves orange soda. Is it true? Yes, it's true. I do, I do, I do. Yes. That was always a thing I remember. I did enjoy the show. I, I always liked um, Keenan and Cal, and I'm glad to see that Keenan is like doing well for himself on Saturday Night Live. Oh, I mean, Keenan. I mean, he's become a staple of the show, I feel like. Well, yeah, no, he, he absolutely is a staple of current SNL. I mean, Keenan has such an interesting career that, you know, be. Mighty Ducks it, brings it always well, brings yeah. us back to Mighty Ducks. Well, he's uh, in Mighty Ducks two and three. Um, on top of that, being a prominent player, one of the funniest people in the cast of all that, you know, leading him to be this fun child comedian, which you know eventually led to um, doing like the spinoff of one of the all that sketches with Good Burger. Yeah, I know. Terrible I was trying to find a way to and, put "Welcome uh, to Good Burger, home of the Good Burger." Can I take your? Didn't they do a skit for Saturday Night Live for that or something? They did something recently. That was on um, on uh, Jimmy Fallon. They oh, did. okay. They redid he, it because yeah, they got them all together. He did one of his. Let's get because Kel Mitchell after Mystery Men, I believe he kind of just disappeared off yeah, off the grid, and he Mystery became uh, like a pastor or something, if I remember correctly. But uh, yeah, Keenan and Kel was actually a really great show. This this was a definitely uh, like this was a staple show of Nickelodeon. Um, you know, as much as we, we might have a bigger nostalgia trips for stuff like Clarissa and Salute Your Shorts, um, th- this is one that, 
like Nickelodeon. Oh, no. He's currently on a Nickelodeon series. Is he back again? It says he currently stars as Double G on the Nickelodeon series Game Shakers. I did not realize that he finally went back into acting. Yeah, good for well, him. Yeah, no, that is good for him. But um, no, I Keenan and Kel, if you were talking about live action, you know, as much as I hate like talking about some of the other ones, but like crap like iCarly and um drake and josh keenan and kel those are those are some of the standout ones from yeah. all time for it uh and so yeah i give them credit i'm glad that they were able to make so much out of it and that they're keenan's still working to this day and and kel's apparently back in the game now too yeah 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 yeah. yeah. i'm just looking at this is double dare i guess we're gonna have to talk about that too when we get to there but oh yeah we we doing the yeah. We're doing the uh, variety and game shows yeah. later, so no all that this episode, but very soon. No Double Dare now. Well, we're, we're getting to your favorite show next, which is Cousin Skeeter, <laughs> which Keenan and Kel did make a very special appearance in an episode of Cousin Skeeter. But Cousin Skeeter ran from 1998 to 2001, three seasons with 52 episodes. It starred Robert Richard as Bobby, a young boy whose life changed when his strange cousin Skeeter came to live with his family. With Skeeter's help, Bobby learns life lessons and tackles the ups and downs of growing up. Uh, within the show, Skeeter is treated like a regular human, and no mention of him being a puppet is ever made. Although the series was shot in a single camera format, it used a laugh track. Nothing to say about my cousin I, Skeeter, huh? I I, I, I never really watched this show. this show. Yeah, it was a, it was just I don't. It was. It was. It, maybe it was just because it was like shot kind of weird because he is the only puppet on the show. It was. It was a dumb show. It was just, just a dumb like show. It. I did not like it. Um, we are going to get the wrath of the Skeeter, the cousin Skeeter heads. Well, and that's I. I want to say too at this point and at about this exact time with like cousin Skeeter and stuff. Two things changed with me. One, I started puberty. <laughs> yeah actually pretty much right um i started paying attention to shows that were like sitcoms and stuff that were not really appropriate for me when i was younger uh, watching friends watching um mm -hmm. reruns of seinfeld and so shows like cousin skeeter that just i mean i could watch seinfeld and be blown away by the brilliance of the show or i could watch cousin skeeter <laughs> Uh, and then this is getting right around that 2000 mark. That's when Disney finally, like with their live action, they started to pull some of that 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 Nickelodeon goodness and started launching Lizzie McGuire and even Stevens, which you know they goofy stuff, but they were entertaining and they they still are when you catch them every now and then. Yeah. I just my thing was I think that was that I wasn't really like turning on Nickelodeon yeah. as much as I was before. Still watching my Power Rangers, but not Nickelodeon. Um, so then we have one more of the '90s, um, and it counts because it it started airing October '99 until April 2002. 100 Deeds for Eddie McDowd. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you'd ever heard of this one. Yeah, no, no, I I remember it. Too. Three seasons, Again, 40 episodes. Just... The the guy becomes the dog. Yep. It's the uh, Eddie McDowd is considered to be a schoolyard bully by his peers. McDowd. Uh, anyway, so. The, the drifter, there's a drifter that comes along, turns him into a dog, says he has to do 100 good deeds before he can become a human again. Um, so Seth Green actually provided the voice of the dog in the first season, and then that changed later. Danny Tamborelli also starred as Spike on the show. And Allison Hannigan provided the voice of Gigi, a Pomeranian, on the show as well. So you got two Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Yeah, I didn't two know. people that were currently on Buffy, actually, at that time, I believe, too. I didn't know about Allison Hannigan. Interesting. I didn't either. I saw that, and I was like, oh. She was... Not that she's not 
I don't mean about, oh, she's really young back then. But I mean, what, what year did Buffy went off the air in like 2004, 2003, I think. And so it was on for seven seasons, three minus four. Yeah, so she was definitely on Buffy the Vampire yeah. Slayer at this time. Um, but anyway, it's just, I mean, it sounds interesting enough. Apparently, it was very popular in uh, like the UK. So they re- they reran it a lot there, not so much here. I can believe that. Well, that'll bring us over to the drama category, mm. okay? Um, with the drama category here. Um, so we're going to go back in time again here. Um, it starts with the show 15, which I do not remember this show either. Um, four seasons, 65 episodes ran from 1991 to 1993. Uh, the series was first conceived as... Um, 15, an improvised form, uh, a, a show for the Disney Channel, mm-hmm. um, where a 13-episode pilot series was produced and tested in the U.S., but after Dis- Disney decided not to proceed with the project, Nickelodeon and its Canadian partners um, joined uh, Binkley in producing the series, which was known in its first and second season as Hillside in Canada, and throughout the 65-episode film run as 15 in the U.S. So the show was subsequently uh, syndicated around the world with runs in Germany, I don't care, uh, Germany and Israel, among others. Um, it followed the students of fictional Hillside School and dealt with a variety of issues, including dating, divorce, alcohol abuse, and friendship. It's It sounds like essentially Nickelodeon's Degrassi. Hmm. Um, the show played heavily into stereotypes, including two characters named Dylan and Chris, who wore leather jackets to show off their toughness. I have zero recollection of this at all. Um, well, the first two seasons were shot in Canada, the last two in Orlando. Oh, and good day. So, yeah, so I don't know where that, that plaque is commemorating this show, but... Um, yeah, so anyway, I, I don't remember it. I don't remember the repeats of it. I, I mean, I was clearly too young for this one, so... Um, but not too young for the next one, even though I definitely was too young to be watching it. Are You Afraid of the Dark? Which mm-hmm. is probably, arguably, one of my favorite shows made on Nickelodeon, I would say. Oh, absolutely. I think, um... I, I think, again, when talking about the, the benchmark, the staple shows... Um, especially when we're thinking back on the '90s, if you asked, if you asked people what was your favorite live action, I, I think the answer you would immediately get is "Are You Afraid of the Dark?" Yeah. It, there was something about it. These, this show, as a child, you know, being especially watching it during Snick, where it's nine o'clock at night and dark outside. Yeah, and you're like, and, oh, I'm going to scare myself oh, right and now. It, exactly. It was watching a scary show it in was, there. Well, it was part of the thing of the 90s. Remember remember Scary Stories for Sleepovers, those books? Or, scary um, Stories to Tell in the Dark. No, there's there's two different series. There's Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark, but then there's another series called Scary Stories for Sleepover, and I it's like a little one. more morbid. It, it, oh. they, the main character never really makes it out. Um, but we we those were very popular at my school. They're there's I know there's the black and white cover with the super scary looking images on it. Yeah. That's the one you're talking about. Yeah. Then what I'm talking about is like it was very colorful images but horrifying. Oh, I um, never saw that one before. I will bring one in and show you. In fact, and I'll show it up in the next episode too. Don't Shane. Um, because I when I was in school I was going to do one of the stories as a short film mm. for school. Um, but I was like, eh, do I want to do a story about murdering kids? Um. So, Are You Afraid of the Dark ran for seven seasons, ninety one episodes. Um. It. It was a little confusing because I think it started in Canada. Um, so it premiered in Canada first, and then it started on Nickelodeon in 1999 and went until 1996, and then was revived in 1999 until June of 2000. Yeah. Um, but the article where I was reading was a little confusing because it said it was picked up by Nickelodeon in 1991, 
but it started in Halloween of 1990. So I don't, I don't know. Yeah. So what happened with the show was like all the campfire scenes. Once it came to Nickelodeon and they started um, uh, kind of going a little bit more balls to the wall on it, they did move a lot of the production to. Uh, the United States in terms of the actual shows themselves. The the campfire scenes though were all um were all though based in in Canada. That's where they did it. And the first episodes were filmed there. But um yeah, it's uh it, it was just it, I mean it was a, a Canadian television series that just it ended up playing well. So they were able to to take it the next step. Um, like the episode I always remember. It's one of the oh, most... Oh, wait, 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 wait. I got to tell what it's about first. Hold on. Hold okay, on, hold okay. On, hold on, hold on. Both series of uh, Are You Afraid of the Dark revolved around a group of teenagers who refer to themselves as the Midnight Society. Every week at a secret location in the woods, one member would tell a scary story to the group. The actual story, rather than the telling, was displayed on the tele... to the... You know, so mm-hmm. the, the, the kids tell the story and then we see the story, not the kids. Um, the story was shown between the group's um, arrival at the site and their departure. Um, and each storyteller would begin their story by saying, submitted for the approval of the Midnight Society. I call this story, Bleh, and then they would throw in the, 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 the thing that I thought was the coolest thing in the world, the dust. It that would, would make the fire up spark up. And... Yeah, which my mom just got some of that because she sent me a video of my nephews throwing in a fire. And I thought, they're living a cooler life than me. Hmm. Um but then, um, uh, so uh, then they would say something at the end, and I forget. But they would put out the fire with the the thing. Anyway, so yeah. the show was known for many notable guest stars: um, Bobcat Goldthwait, um, Charles Dutton, Ryan Gosling, Nev Campbell, Will Friedle, Melissa Joan Hart. Which you gave me that episode with Melissa Joan yeah. Hart in the other day. Well, Hayden, and that's Hayden Christensen. I yeah. know your favorite actor. Well, the, the Melissa Joan Hart episode is the tale of the frozen ghost. And is this, this was the one, one that's your favorite one? Yeah, this this okay. is my favorite one. It was absolutely terrifying, and that's the thing. This is, you know, this is where they they brought it down, um, and they they brought these American actors into it, and was able to do this joint cooperation between the two, and like just really make it a bigger, better show. And the the frozen ghost one, you watch it back now and it's so stupid it's a little boy that they've just like completely desaturated and made him all like pale because he he was frozen a person murdered him and he couldn't find his jacket and says i'm cold (laughs) and it's just so bad but kind of almost like that exact type of sense but i remember being so terrified when he would pop up it was the same kind of like painful feeling i'd get in my gut is when we'd watch three men and a baby and you'd see the the cutout in the back window and think that it was actually (laughs) truly an angel that came back are you not aware of this oh i'm aware okay yeah i'm aware of that um but the one that i always remember and it scared the bejesus out of my sister was there was one about a pool it was at the school. There was a monster in the pool, and it had something to do with acid. You had to pour acid on it or something yeah. like that. And I even remember watching it being like, this is a really intense episode. But my sister, Jackie, she could not handle that. Um, and no, my sister is not Jackie Gailey. <laughs> Although I, I do, I could only imagine Jackie Gailey watching the show getting scared. Yeah. Um, but I remember that one. But I also remember um, the episodes that I really enjoyed. I, re- I remember the Nev Campbell one. That one yeah. was Fear Soup. And I remember that's at the restaurant. Everyone loved mm-hmm. the soup, but it was they scared people to death. That's how they got the flavor into the soup. But um, I remember the 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 
I always thought it was cool because there was a couple of recurring characters in the stories. So the kids would tell these stories, and every now and then this one character would kind of carry yeah. through. There was like the guy, uh, Sardo, who owned the magic shop. Remember, mm-hmm. there was one about mm-hmm. doors. Like there was this little door that they could buy, and they were like, oh, it's unique, one of a kind. And then there were actually two. Um, and then uh, Dr. Vink, as in Vava Vink. Vink. Um, I remember him too. Um, this this is a show that if I'm going to watch any of these shows in its entirety, beginning to end, this is what I'm going to watch. Yep. Like it 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 it's like what I said. Like the, we had those scary stories, and Goosebumps was yeah. really popular. Like in that when we were kids, it was all about getting scared. Yeah. No. And this was, uh, you know, it, it was kind of like the Twilight Zone for exactly. kids uh, at that time a little bit because not every episode was just like straight up horror. A lot of it was like just sideways twisted yeah kind of stuff and so um it just it's a really special show to a lot of people out there i i enjoy catching episodes whenever i can um like last year all week of halloween um for five nights straight they showed episodes on the splat so my dvr was just filled up so you can only get um i checked you can only get seasons like one through five on dvd here but six and seven are the revival seasons so that might change people might not care um but if you are in like canada you can get the whole series but yeah this is one that needs like this needs i need this on a streaming service or something like that i might just invest in the dvd i don't know i said that about goosebumps too and then like if i drink too much around halloween i'll be like let's just put on the haunted mask let's just watch the haunted mask it's scary let's watch it i fall asleep like 10 minutes in but i'm always like it's so spooky but i i want i want to have that same experience with are you afraid of the dark just 32-year-old intoxicated me revisiting my childhood. I am just... <laughs> like you just turn- put on the haunted mask. I kid you not. I went to... When I went to... Uh, in October, in like 2015, out to Halloween Horror Nights, when I got back from Halloween Horror Nights, I was like, I just... I really... And that was the Goosebumps movie was coming out, so there were billboards mm. everywhere. So that's why yeah. I was like, let's just put on the haunted mask. Let's just watch a little bit. You know, nothing, nothing says Halloween like HHN... Um, and R.L. Stein, yeah, <laughs> drunkily eating a pumpkin pie while watching R.L. Stein. <laughs> well, now I have the Jack Black movie to, to celebrate. So. Skadoosh. Um, well, the next one that I only vaguely remember, but I didn't really watch, was The Mystery Files of Shelby Woo. Um, and this was four seasons, 41 episodes, ran from 96 until 98. Uh, the first three seasons were shot in Orlando, and then the last season was moved to Canada. Mm. Um, so this star, uh, starred Irene, I don't know how to say the name. It's just N-G. So I don't know. Um, as the uh, mm-hmm. t- as Shelby Wu. Um, and then uh, so the uh, series revolves around the adventures of Chinese-American teenage girl who lives with her innkeeper grandfather and works on a non-sworn intern at the local police department where she helps out with the odds and ends around the office. Occasionally intriguing case comes to Shelby's attention, propping her... Uh, getting her to like be like i'm gonna solve this case it was essentially the veronica mars before veronica mars that's yeah. what it sounds like but with pat mori morita um, morita of the karate kid fame played her grandfather oh i thought you would have went back even further and said happy days oh sorry that's why i mean you're allowed to daniel son i mean he I is every he is essentially if you back then if you needed like an asian elder grandfather figure you just went to him. So, uh, I mean, he was and, pretty great. Academy Award winner, right? Or nominee? Did he win the Academy Award? Uh, probably just nominate. Regardless, I uh, fantastic. I actually, I, I did watch this show, um, you know, being right around the same time as uh, 
as Alex Mack. This one, actually, for me, I, I have more fond memories of watching uh, of watching the Mystery Files of Shelby Woo than I did with Alex Mack. Oh, really? So, yeah, yeah. No, it's I don't, I don't know. I think it was uh, it was just uh, overall a better, um, a more well rounded. More well-rounded TV series. Again, like with Alex Mack, you mentioned a lot of like the, the, the problems that she had with her, with the accident and all of the little, little mysterious things she could now do. I just never really, never really latched onto it. But this one, yeah, it. I again, I, I couldn't tell you like what my favorite episode was of this or anything, but but I do, I do have some fond memories of watching it for sure. He it just says he was nominated. It doesn't say whether he won it or not, so I don't think wow. he did. So sorry. A, he deserves an honorary Oscar. I just needed to know posthumously, because um, all I can think about is that episode of Community where they do the Karate Kid the play, yeah, and they cast Chang as Mr. Miyagi. Um, so um, that is going to bring us to. There's two shows left, one called The Journey of Alan Strange, which I do actually remember this show. At first, I didn't, and then I was looking up photos and clips of it, and I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, I do remember this. Three seasons, 57 episodes, ran from 1997 to 2000, and the series follows um, a story of a young, uh, I don't know how to say it, Zalon. Uh, it's an alien um, who is stranded on Earth and meets up with a young girl, Robbie, and her younger brother, Josh, and their father, Ken, and the family eventually adopts him, giving him the name Alan Strange. Um, he has extraordinary powers, including the ability to turn into his alien form, which allows him to hover. Wow. Hold, hold the phone. He hovers. Um, he uses the ability to bring a mannequin to life. Uh, whatever. Anyway. Um, extremely high intelligence. Can re- read really fast. Blah, blah, blah. Um he lives in the family's attic in a strange alien cocoon. I remember because I really liked the kid that played Alan Strange. Yeah, I I probably watched an episode every here and there when it would just be on. But this was another one of those shows. I just I didn't latch onto it at all. I didn't watch it. Wasn't my thing. I just yeah. I just remember the repeat. It doesn't really have an impact on me. Like I vaguely yeah. remember it. I remember the alien form and I remember him hovering and I, I remember liking the kid. Um, but it didn't. Yeah. It was, it was toward the end, I guess, of my time. but They can't all be hits. Well, the next one was also a show based on a book series, very popular and one of my favorites when I was younger, but uh, The Animorphs, mm-hmm. just called Animorphs, um, based on the popular book series, ran for just only two seasons with 26 episodes from September 1998 until March 2000. Uh, I remember this because Sean Ashmore played Jake. So later on when X-Men came out, I was like, oh my gosh, that's the guy who was in The Animorphs show. And then he would... Then his twin brother was and him were on Smallville, and then slowly, slowly he kind of is now like, and he was in that show with Kevin Bacon, I forget on Fox, but so he's gotten a little bit more like people know who he and he and the brother are now, um, the twin brother. He got the show. He actually got the part in this because his twin brother was sick mm. on the day of the audition, um, so he went instead. But um, this is about five kids and an alien with the ability to turn into any beast they touch um, versus an army of parasitic aliens who are slowly infiltrating Earth. I loved the show. Like this – or the book series. Like I would always buy the book series. They were like goosebumps once a month. Um, but they – there was like 54 books and I yeah. stopped – I lost it somewhere along the way. Like maybe like halfway through. Like I read the spinoffs yeah. and everything too and – um, so I never knew what happened, and now I'm like gone to read the description of what happened. And I might have to go back and reread these because I want—I really do 
from what I read about what the ending is, I was like, oh, that got really dark and very mature. Um, but the show, even when I was younger, where I was like, oh, this is great. I'm obsessed with Animorphs. I'm going to, you know, morphing. That was the big thing in the 90s. The Power Rangers, anything, anything that could morph, morphed, you know. And, you know, the idea of being able to touch an animal and then you've got its DNA and you can become that animal was so cool. But even when, as a kid, I was like, the special effects on this show are not great. Like, it was a show that I even knew when I was younger, like, how are you going to show all these animals? Yeah. Like, how, are they just going to be the same animal all the time? Like, because the, the, the novels are very involved. Like, yeah. they're, they're, they do a lot of adventures that they're in outer space or, like, they're in close quarters and there's, like, six different types of animals. And and even just the alien acts. Like, how is he going to look? make an Andalite? What are you going to make that look like when... Yeah. When for, for me, that's... Like, I read probably the first 20 or so books... Yeah. Too. Um. Didn't didn't make it through the entire series, but I did. One of them did. dies. One of them kills one of the other ones. Yeah, yeah. I. Uh, for me, what the TV show was, which I did watch bits and pieces of it. Um. The TV show was like one of those ones where it's like if you know they were going to morph into a certain animal, yeah. I would kind of use that as like, okay, well, I don't want to finish this book. So, I, oh, you judging by whatever the animal was that was on the cover? Yeah. Where you like did the, you know, you, the flip through on the exactly. bottom of the page where it morphed and you're like, ugh, an alligator. Yeah. No, thank you. So, you know, that's with the show is kind of like a way, like, eh, if I didn't finish a book, I know it's not like, it's not the exact same or anything even close to that, but it was still like, for me, it was that way of saying, like, okay, well, at least I still, still got a kick of Animorphs, but. Yeah, uh, very lazy. This is when I started to get extremely lazy. This show just didn't. It didn't feel like it. It didn't get what it needed. Like Animorphs should have been like a movie, or should be a movie now. I guess now that they actually have technology that could make it interesting. Um, Mm, Don't give ideas. We don't need an Animorphs movie. There is one in 2015. There was talk of one because they're they're saying that Scholastic has partnered with some movie studio the same way that Hasbro had. Now they're going to start going through the Scholastic library, but they did Goosebumps, so. I don't know what else, but, but anyway, that, that is that. I, I remember that kind of being like, I wanted to watch more of that show. It was never really on, but I also knew it probably wasn't really great either. Yeah. Um, so I do want to do a little honorable mention though. It did not start before in the nineties since 2011 power Rangers is a Nickelodeon TV show. That is a live action TV show that is currently being produced from now into the foreseeable future. But, uh, I, I feel like I can't not talk about thing that, Disney owned it. Started on Fox, and then Disney bought it from Fox, and then it layered on Disney for like eight or nine years, and then it went, and then it almost dipped away, and then Nickelodeon was like, "We'll take it," and so it's had this kind of like bounced around into all aspects of where I watch TV as a child. So, just interesting. As a moneymaker, yes. Um, so that is that. Um, we said what our favorites were in this episode. So yeah. now it's your turn to tell us what your favorites are. Um, you know, do you have a favorite episode of Clarissa that you remember specifically? Or was there an Are You Afraid of the Dark that you just could not uh, turn off the lights anymore after watching? So let us know in the comments, Twitter, anywhere you can. Craig, thank you for having this conversation with me about this. Mm, thank you. And we shall return next week talking about variety shows as well as... Uh, game shows. Yes, same shows. Global, you know, Guts and and Legends of the Hidden Temple. Figure it out. All, all, mm. lots of fun stuff to talk about. Um, so uh, look for that in the next episode of Dispop. <laughs>